Welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fans. We bring you Michigan football each and every week. I'm Caleb, and with me, as always, is Brandon. How's it going? Hey, how are you? I can say that I'm probably doing better than you are. <laughs> yeah, probably just a little bit. So, yeah, guys, if my voice sounds off, I've been sick for the last couple of days, so... Yeah, just that, hang with me here. <laughs> yeah, that is the reason why this episode is later this week, and probably why the episode is most likely not going to be, you know, an hour. Probably not going to be too long, just so that we don't push it too far, and you can't quite uh, get out of your slump. Then, so <laughs> right. Um, but we do have. Uh, Everything that we normally start off with. So uh, we bring you guys the crazy, the weird, the ugly. The intense Uh, music for Did You Know? Yes, Did You Know? Because you need to know. These are things you need and you want to know. For your health. For for your health, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) And uh, so this week, uh, our presenter is going to be Brandon. Brandon, what you got for us? All right. Um, Did you know... That Belgium produces 220,000 tons of chocolate per year. And that Brussels International Airport is one of the world's largest uh, selling points of chocolate. That's kind of interesting. I mean, as as soon as you said Belgium, I thought chocolate. (laughs) I was going to say Belgium's like three main exports are chocolate, waffles, and Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> and the, uh, with a side of pain, right? Oh, always. <laughs> nice. And kickboxing comes in handy. Yes. <laughs> That's pretty hilarious. Yeah. Um, no, I, I guess I never really put thought into a figure of how much chocolate. And uh, I never really thought about the airport being that you know, large market selling point, basically. Interesting. Yeah. It make, I mean, it makes sense because you're thinking, you know, somebody probably doesn't want to have to haul the chocolate all the way to the airport, so they just buy it at the gift shop. Yeah. So I wonder, like, I wonder if it's a pretty extravagant airport. Like, it, wouldn't it kind of make sense if they had, like, chocolate fountains and, you know, <laughs> chocolate Bronze statues of Van Damme and <laughs> oh my gosh they, if they if i ever get to that airport and they don't have chocolate figurines of jean-claude van damme i will be like <laughs> thoroughly disappointed i know and it's brussels i mean he's the muscles from brussels <laughs> yeah exactly it's it's kind of like they're robbing the world of something amazing <laughs> that's uh that's a good one and, and that is too good to pass up i think maybe mm-hmm. i need to Send an email to brussels.gov. <laughs> nice. So sweet. Yeah. Um, oh, man. I thought there was something else with chocolate uh, that made me think of. Well, something on a side note, uh, making me think the my a quick interjection. My son got chocolate on one of my favorite Michigan Jordan hoodies. Thanks to him, I think I think it's coming out. But then, uh, th- speaking and thinking of my son, if anybody didn't see on Twitter, thanks to him, 
our house was 77 degrees earlier today. Whoa. Yeah, he hit the thermostat, and he does it quite often, and we didn't catch it. Uh, actually, I didn't notice until I came home, so it's not like I was sitting in it. And Kristen wasn't feeling good today, so she just uh... kind of thought it was her. And, <laughs> yep. So that, your dad yeah. alarm didn't go off. I know. I thought I figured you'd say that. <laughs> no, my dad alarm did not go off. Unfortunately, that's a real thing too. Cause I remember trying to turn the thermostat up as a kid and like five seconds after I do it, my dad would be like, who's touching the thermostat. <laughs> <laughs> well, it kind of makes sense when you think about it. Like you, you start to kind of know how quick or how often your furnace turns on. Yeah. And so I, I could kind of see how, some people could pick up on that. So, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Mo- moving along and keeping things going. And speaking of the sports world and everything, we've got, uh, we got some madness to talk about. Um, this year, not so much madness has occurred this March. Uh, th- there was a little bit of potential, but the uh, Sweet 16 is not anything too crazy what is it it's uh we got one two three four one two three four uh one two three five and then a one two three twelve yeah so there wasn't so many upsets this year and um we didn't have the tiny little school going far into the tournament i mean it's kind of disappointing yeah i was really banking and i think the whole like all of college basketball fandom was uh, hoping it might be UC Irvine. Because uh, as soon as I learned that they were the Anteaters, I was like, OMG, please let them win the whole tournament. <laughs> what is it with California's like, smaller schools having weird mascots? <laughs> I don't I mean, know. They got the Anteaters and they got the University of California Santa Cruz banana slugs. Yeah, that was one of your favorites. <laughs> That's always one of my favorites. Yeah, well, I, went, I mean, this isn't, Okay, not to say it wasn't a real college, but it was not like a university. But the art school I went to in Florida was the Armadillos. So, <laughs> but I feel like that makes a little bit more sense. Like an Armadillo, like Midwest, I mean, or Southwest, not in Florida necessarily. But anyways, um, yeah. So before we talk about Michigan specifically, we were going to kind of have a conversation about the upsets of the tournament so far um it's been just weird enough that's not surprising that uh reportedly there's only one perfect bracket left but it hasn't been that upsetish up upset Upset. upsetting (laughs) yeah too many upsets there we go there you Um, go yeah (laughs) but yeah we so we were chatting a little bit before we started and you know, there was the Liberty. Uh, there were several, uh, as you pointed out, Brandon, twelve over fives. There was Liberty over Mississippi State, uh, which that one was one I kind of anticipated. Uh, Murray State over Marquette. Uh, they won that one pretty convincingly, and then Oregon over Wisconsin. Yes, thank you. There it is. Oregon over Wisconsin. And then UC Irvine over Kansas State. And so that was really probably it for the surprising ones. Uh, I know some people, well, actually, I know someone who's an Ohio State fan, and they were convinced that Ohio State wasn't going to win a single game. And they took out Iowa State, and they actually hung with Houston there for a while. But uh, I wouldn't put that really in an upstate spot. So, yeah, I mean, any 
I guess out of the three twelves that won, which was kind of the most surprising for you? Huh. That's a good question. Murray State uh, and Oregon and Liberty. I would say Liberty. Okay. Only because I picked um the other upsets. Like I knew Murray State had Morant and I knew how, how good of a player he was, so I figured that they would at least win one game. Um and Oregon, I don't know, I just wasn't really sold on Wisconsin this year. Yeah, Wisconsin can be kind of weird like that. And Oregon's not really bad, you know? I mean, well, even like when you list those teams right there, like look at um, them. The other 12 was New Mexico State. New Mexico State, Murray State, Liberty, and Oregon. Which one sticks out to you the most is probably having the most likelihood of going further in the tournament. I'd say Oregon. Right. Mm -hmm. So that one... While it was a little surprising, wasn't that surprising. I feel, to me, I was a little bit more surprised with Murray State. Um, I didn't really know how good Mississippi State was. I don't know. I've kind of noticed that Liberty's done okay in the tournament. They usually win a little bit here or there. Uh, but then Marquette is... Uh, Marquette. I remember when Marquette used to be, you know... I wouldn't say elite, but they were always deep in the tournament. Yeah, they were always one of like those second tier teams, you know, kind of like you know, Butler or Villanova yeah. or something like that. You know, back in the day when they had uh, Dwayne Wade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I them being pretty good. So I wasn't really too sold on them. So I might, uh, but I might say Murray State was the surprising one. Uh, I guess Minnesota was kind of a surprise too. Yeah, that one I was a little torn about because obviously Louisville is kind of in a weird place. When did uh, Paterno, Patrino, wait, Patino, Patino? Gosh, dang it, Pastrami. <laughs> yeah, that 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 Joe Paterno, not um, Bobby Patrino, but Rick Patino. <laughs> yeah. Well, then his son is coaching for Minnesota. Yeah. And so that unique situation there and Louisville is, hasn't been the same since that whole debacle and everything. So I don't know. I just thought Louisville might have the better athletes, but yeah, M- Minnesota uh, pulled that one off mm-hmm. and then they completely, you know, deflated after that. But, and I, I wonder how much uh, Virginia fans were sweating. Yeah, no kidding. Because Gardner right? Webb really gave him a hard time, and then Virginia came out in the second half and just pulled away. Yeah. Oh man, I was, I was, I, part of me was okay. Actually, I kind of have a question for that. Uh, part of me was kind of like, oh, please don't let it happen again, because then it's going to kind of dilute what happened last year. You know, that once in a lifetime thing or the first yeah. time ever happening. And then we talked about it a little bit, but you know. Not just specifically with Virginia, but if you're like anywhere and you're you have your basketball program, number one seed two years in a row and they lose to 16 seed two years in a row. Do you just flat out come out and say, dude, you've got problems. You're fired to the head coach. Yeah, that's a Yeah. And I I said I, I probably would. Yeah, I'd have a hard time. I would really have a hard time. I mean. Because, you know, Virginia hasn't really, I mean, yeah, they've been good, but it's not like they've been winning championships. So it's not like they have something to hang their hat on. So it's just kind of like, dude, you've been doing well, but whatever your problem is, you do not know how to play in the tournament. 
<laughs> right. Weren't they the number one overall seed last year? Yeah, that was the thing. They were like number one, number one. Yeah. So that made that all the worse. But they're still in it now in the Sweet 16, so I guess it's not the, that bad. And t- talking about the Sweet 16 is then let's talk about Michigan and what they've done so far. Um, taking down number 15, Montana, uh, on Thursday night. And then on Saturday, they played Florida. And, um, you know, they handled them. It was kind of uh, <laughs> uncertainty, uncertainty for a little while. Because yeah. everybody knows even when Michigan can get a 5 to 10 point lead, it's not done until the final buzzer. So, uh, but but they did it. They did well. Uh, they wound up pulling away in a, a really energetic game. And then, of course, you know, some impressive plays from the players uh, there. So uh, that takes them to the Sweet 16 facing off against Texas Tech, which I saw some things where Texas Tech is one of the top 10 Ken Palm defenses. And Michigan against top ten defenses is one and four, I believe, for the season. So thinking about that, think about how Michigan has already played, and I'm guessing that you've been able to watch Texas Tech a little bit. Uh, what are you thinking for their next matchup? Do you think that they uh, they have any major problems, or how do you think that's going to go? Um, you know, I haven't really had a chance to watch Texas Tech play. Um, I mean, it should be interesting. Uh, Michigan's really got to work on, you know, settling for bad three-point looks. Um, you know, especially Jordan Poole. I mean, I know he's kind of a, a risk taker, but sometimes you got to think, be like, hey, you know, should I put up this awkward three pointer or should I pass it to someone and see what they can do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that has been a big thing, and I feel like they were able to do pretty well with it. I missed a little bit of the beginning of the second half, um, and I played catch up, and I saw some people say that, um, you know, it was surprising when he did pass up some threes. But yeah, that that might be the biggest flaw for Michigan is just when they uh, get shook, they lean on the three too much, and they don't get the ball inside sometimes. And it's like, why? But anyways, they 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 did well last time. I hope they stick with it. I hope they they pace themselves because. Honestly, and I, I talked about this a little bit, uh, I think, on social media. I don't think I said it last episode, but, you know, uh, Beeline is really good in the tournament. I mean, I think it's a tricky thing, especially when you're, you know, like you play a game Thursday and then you play somebody new on Saturday, being able to mm-hmm. prepare for that second game. Right. I think he excels at that where most coaches don't. So uh, they've got a lot of positive things going for them, but, yeah, they – I don't know. They just can't coast. 
Like right. some years they've been that talented and that good where they could kind of get away with it a little bit. But right now with their inconsistency this year, they, they can't. Yeah. We don't really have the shooters this year that we, we normally have had in the past. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, um, actually saying that, uh, we might talk about Michigan basketball here more for a second, but I want to say this because, uh, I thought of it, I forgot to write it down, but I thought of it now. And I kind of want to touch on it real quick and get your thoughts. I I don't feel like this is anything new, but I don't feel like it's been discussed a whole lot. But really, truly, when you sit down and you think about it, um, the tournament is unlike anything else uh, in sports, especially college sports. And it truly is built for the underdog. Like, yeah, it really is. Yeah, when you think about it, you go, uh, especially the opening weekend, there are so many different fans at these different places. Um, I, I, I'm blanking on it, but what, there's how many games in one location? Uh, um, eight. Yeah, eight in one spot, I think. Yeah, I think so. Mm, I yeah, think that's something. right. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at the bracket and I'm trying to see. Oh, there's eight games in each region. Okay. All right. That's what I thought. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, there's eight games. So, you're talking about fans from eight different fan bases for, you know, uh, at least one of those days, if not, you know, both of them. I don't know how tickets work if you get them only night by night, whatever. Anyways, because I've never been able to go yet. Um, sure. But it's going to be a mix of fans. And the default thing is to either root against, you know, usually a rival or something like that, or root for underdog. Uh So chances are there is going to be an overwhelming amount of people who are not rooting for the team with the upper hand, the, the higher seed team. And so that environment can easily and quickly turn on its head. Where, you know, this, I, I mean, number one teams play in hostile environments all the time, but it's, it's a unique thing where neutral site and you, they can easily feel outnumbered because people love rooting for the underdog. I mean, you saw it if you watched and listened to the UC Irvine game, you saw it with the Virginia game, you saw it with the UCF versus Duke game, which almost yeah. uh, had a different outcome. So, like, if somebody's not rooting for their team, they basically default to the underdog team. So that is, I mean, you don't see that anywhere else because you don't see it for bowl games for football because you only really, I mean, yeah, you'll have some people who are just there for the game, but it's mostly people from those fan bases mm-hmm. and uh, anything else like that. You don't, they don't really normally mix like that. So it's a unique concept, a unique situation, and I mean, it just makes it all the better because it is fun. Unfortunately, this year it's not anything too crazy, um, but I think there's still room for some exciting basketball and things like that. Yeah, I mean, you really saw it last year when um, Maryland-Baltimore County beat Virginia in the first round. Yeah. The crowd was nuts every time they would score. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And when what uh, at what point did Michigan beat them? Uh, Michigan oh. didn't play then. Wait, are you sure? Michigan played um, Chicago Loyola. 
Oh, that, that was, was the other it. Cinderella that was team. It. Yeah. yeah, that was the other Cinderella team. Yep, you're right. No, exactly. because uh, Maryland Baltimore County lost in the second round. Okay. I, I knew it was another big team, and that was right. It was the Sister Jean thing that made the other team. Yep. Good. Okay. All right. My bad. That, that was the, that was like feels like ages ago. So. <laughs> but, yeah. So, yeah. It is a little disappointing that we don't have the the small school running running deep into the tournament like we did with uh, Loyola last year, and then. Man, probably almost 10 years ago now when George Mason went really far. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, even when before Butler was Butler, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, when Butler kind of just kind of came onto the stage and uh, was a surprise. When they went to the national championship and they had Gordon Hayward. Yeah. 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 That would be kind of that would be something kind of interesting to look back at and to recollect like some of those Cinderella teams. Maybe I'll try to look at that for next episode just to bring them up mm. and talk about. So, um, but yeah, so Michigan playing Texas Tech uh, tomorrow night, Thursday night um, at uh, nine thirty nine. Super late, <laughs> as per the usual. So, but yeah, should should be exciting. Should be fun. Uh, definitely looks like it's going to be a battle. So um, I think, all right, if you're looking at it now, uh, the last thing that we'll uh, mention before we move on to football, how far do you feasibly see Michigan going? Now that uh, we've seen one week in a play. Yeah. Man, in my bracket, I have them going to the Elite Eight, and that's it. Um, but. Man, if they can't get that those scoring droughts fixed, I don't know if they're going to be able to beat Texas Tech. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, I could see them going farther, uh, just because you know how how well Beeline does in the tournament, and how much he can bring out of you know, I guess like subpar teams not saying that they're bad teams but just bringing out everything you can out of every single player yeah well like when uh spike albrecht went crazy um in the national championship game whatever year it was now it's blanking on me but yeah so yeah there are just different times where different players definitely step up and he's at 2014 I was yeah, I was gonna say 2013 or 14. I'm bad with years sometimes, especially <laughs> when it comes to basketball. So, um, yeah, it'll. I. I can see them getting to the final four. Um, you know, winning in the final four and going past that, I feel is like really tough. Um, considering looking at who they could be playing in the final four. But if they could get past Texas Tech, I feel like they could play Gonzaga or Florida State pretty well. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, yeah. I mean, if they get to the final four, they're likely going to have to play Duke again. Or Duke not again. Yeah, or Duke. even Michigan State again. Who knows? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Could be Duke, Michigan State. Uh, I'd say... Well, then the other two are Virginia Tech, LSU. 
Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I kind of don't feel like Virginia Tech is going to, like, even if somehow they beat Duke, I don't know that they would go a lot further than that. LSU has more. Yeah, I don't see that either. Yeah, LSU has a pretty good team. Yeah. So, yeah, that'll be interesting. I mean, I feel more comfortable uh, about Michigan doing somewhat well if they weren't playing a team like Texas Tech. Not necessarily saying, like, Texas Tech is the most difficult team they could be playing right now. Right. Um, but just, you know, that how well Texas Tech plays defense. That That's kind of, like, the big thing. It's like a, Michigan struggles when – they struggle offensively. And if they're going to be playing a really good defense, then that's going to happen most likely. And, you know, it's going to be, what are they going to do in that situation? So it's like they're kryptonite. Mm-hmm. So, but we got to, got to include some football talk here, especially since spring bra- uh, practice has started. Uh, Michigan spring football game is coming up. Um, there are some different things that we can talk about, but uh, we want to talk about the March madness basketball stuff. Uh, we're going to do like a side sub conversation here, highlighting one thing that came out from uh, Michigan football so far. And it was interesting. And a lot of different people had a lot of different takes on it. But players have said that Coach Harbaugh gave out shirts that said Co Big Ten East champions on the front. And on the back were the scores of the games that Michigan lost that season. Mm. So, uh, some people had some weird takes. <laughs> uh, but personally, Brandon, for you, what's what's kind of your thought with that? Like, do you think? Well, I, I don't even want to like give you a, a frame framing it anyway. What was your reaction to that? Initially, I was a little confused, and then I guess the more that you and I talked about it the other day, you know, I kind of get it. It's a motivational thing. Um, I mean, if anything, he should just have, like, an enormous poster in his office. That's all he stares at because, I mean, that loss to Ohio State was so bad, and it wasn't even fully on the players. They, They were out coached. Oh, yeah. Like, on all aspects. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if anybody really needs to be motivated, it's the coaching staff. Yeah. No, I, I, well, I think it's everybody. I mean, yeah, a more ownership definitely can be put on the coaching staff. Not saying that, you know, put the ownership on the players. But, I mean, everybody, it, it needs to be a conversation. It needs to be at the forefront of everybody's mind. Um but the there was something back from when uh, Boshan Beckler was coaching that was something similar where I, I think I saw something a little bit about it. I saw some a long time ago, and um, then somebody after the shirt thing posted about it. Um, I think Michigan law uh, let Ohio State put up 50 points. And Bo had uh, the practice squad who was going against the first team. Everybody was wearing 50. Like, Mm. just, like, put it all over the place. Right. Um, I think the player and the fan shared a video clip of it or something. But, yeah, essentially Bo has done something like this. Uh, Not necessarily making T-shirts, but let's face it, it's 2019. It's not, what, 1969 or (laughs) 70s. So, um, 
but I, I'm personally in favor of different things like this when they're not too crazy and over the top. Um, I mean, it's kind of one of those things that's essentially putting ownership. I mean, uh, to also, I mean, like, I feel like the coaches, especially the ones that coached last year, uh, mm-hmm. should have something of the sort as well that they wear because it's like, Hey, you, you allowed this to happen. We allowed this to happen. Take ownership of it. Essentially it's embar- It's embarrassing to, in my view. Right. And so it's like that reminder and the idea of, I don't want, first of all, I don't want to be wearing the shirt or a shirt like this next year. And second of all, I don't want to be wearing it now. And so just that constant like grind thing, honestly, (laughs) I don't, I don't know exactly how, but I would almost, uh, feel like it would be beneficial. If I was a coach, I would feel like it would be beneficial if it was pointed out to, players mm-hmm. like not saying hey dude you, what the heck did you guys do but just kind of like if people see the shirt like maybe comment on it yeah so it's that constant reminder thing because let's face it like you can put a shirt on and you can kind of forget about it part mm-hmm. through the day but something where like somebody just comments on it or points it out or something where it's just like no you are not going to forget about this you right know? like this is there and i know it's spring i know it's you know, a long ways off and everything. And, and, uh, and I know that there's no guarantee that anything's going to work with that, but I, I really have no problem with, uh, some tactics like this and everything. So personally, mm-hmm. yeah, but, uh, yeah, there's other stuff kind of going with practice. Uh, there's some stuff that we might be able to talk about next time. I know, like I said, I don't want to keep raining on too long because guy's going to need his rest and hopefully can recover well. But, uh, I saw, you know, they've the media has talked to the coaches, and Don Brown had some specific things to say about uh, the results last year and everything, and so might save that and discuss it next week. But okay, yeah. Oh, go ahead. What? No, I was just saying. Okay. Okay. Um. So just. Yeah, it's. I know that. People haven't forgotten it, but especially now during the tournament, it's not like they're at the forefront, but Mm -hmm. it appears that the football staff and the team and everything is not going to let it go away. And even though there's excitement and everything for the new stuff, you just can't forget about what's happened. Like, I know so many people hate on Duke and everything, but I remember seeing a sports documentary or something where Duke lost. I think it was, they got blown out either. They got blown out or they lost to like a nobody team and they were leaving. And one of the players was just like, man, you know, I can't, uh, something about like, okay, let's throw away the tape. Let's forget about it. I think this was the way it was. It was Duke or somebody, and and then Shashevsky uh, was just like, no, it's just like we're going to hold on to this. We're going to remember this because we're not going to let this happen again. Right. So, and I know everybody approaches it differently, but that's kind of like my thought process with that. So, yeah. But yeah, we're getting into the thick of it. Probably more football conversation coming up. But anything else to add to any of that stuff earlier? Um, no, not anything I can think of. Yeah. 
we'll be talking more basketball for sure, more uh, football as things are going on. And yeah, it's a good, fun time of year. So, yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll have some specific things we'll be talking about in the next couple of weeks. So, mm-hmm. keep coming back. And uh, if we're all good, I think we'll head out. We always appreciate you guys uh, tuning in and hanging out with us each week. Uh, Things are warming up. Spring is here. Hope things are going well with you all and that you get time to enjoy it. Uh, If you have spring break, get out there and uh, have fun with the family. And until next time, we'll finish with Go Blue. Go Blue.